you had it. It burned brightly. You couldn't put words to it. You just knew it. It burned. You were on fire, full of passion, full of life, full of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. You had it. It burned brightly. It was almost indescribable. You knew something was different. Life seemed full. It seemed abundant, beautiful. Life even felt like it was flourishing. You had it. It burned brightly. The passion and fire was there. You never felt more excited about your faith before. The energy, the dedication, the growth you were experiencing, the person whom you were becoming more and more like Jesus, you had it. It burned brightly. You had that extra step in your walk. You felt new. You felt something was different. It was freeing. You had it. It burned brightly. There was that excitement. You couldn't wait. You worshiped Jesus passionately. You were soaking up every teaching on Sunday. You couldn't wait for the next Sunday to roll around. You had it. It burned brightly. People were curious about your faith. They knew something was different. You glowed. You shined. You were radiant. You had it, and it burned brightly. Then life happened. The pandemic hit us. And distractions, and moments of isolation, and loneliness, and fear crept in, and maybe even perhaps bitterness and anger fell on your heart. We were supposed to be changing the world. We were the church. We were representatives of Jesus, but it felt like the world was changing us. And what you had that was burning brightly began to burn dimmer and dimmer. What was so filling what you felt was overflowing out began to dry up until finally one day it just went out. And then we were left with a lukewarm, stale, passionless, empty faith. And we know deep down that Jesus paid a high price on the cross for us not to live the life we're currently living. Oh, you know deep down that Jesus wants more out of your life. Oh, deep down you know that the Holy Spirit needs to just come upon you and fall down and make everything new again. Oh, deep down, I know you believe this according to Jesus' own words, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. 
Deep down, you know it's time for a reset. Oh, how deeply you desire that fire again. Oh, how deeply, you, how deeply you desire to be refreshed and overflowing the presence of Jesus again. Oh, you know it. But you also know that you believe God can and will do it again. That God can and will, even though the flame isn't there, but God can and will ignite it again. You know it. You know in his promises it says no matter what you go through, your God will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, you know it this morning. Oh, it's in your heart. Oh, God, will you just come and meet us in this moment and do it again. You know deep down God can and will do it again. It's there. We gotta reset our passion. We gotta reset that fire that was once in your belly for Jesus. We gotta reset that. Why? Because you need it and this world needs to know who Jesus Christ is. They need to know it. You know you've seen Jesus move. He's moved mountains before. He's moved mountains before in your own life. And so right now we're gonna just worship. And you, I want you to stay seated, but I want you to just worship from your seat that God, I've seen you move and you move the mountains and I believe you can do it again, church. So let's worship God in this moment right now. We will always stand on the promises of God that says no matter if you're in the mountain or in the valley, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen, friends? Come on. That's the God we serve. And I know the last six months, it's been tough for all of us. But God is still good, and He is still faithful in the middle of a pandemic. And COVID is not on the throne. Jesus Christ is on His throne. And we will rest in that. So real quick, that was just the appetizer of the message, by the way, all right? So, hey, turn to someone around you and tell them, get ready. Turn to your, other, turn to your second favorite person and tell them to buckle up. All right, well, I need to take a minute real quick, look in the camera and welcome all those online watching. Hey, they are all part of the church family, even though they are at home. Can we, in this room, can we just give a hand for everyone that's watching, welcome them into our service. We love you guys, and someday, again, we'll all be back in with no limitations, and we will be rocking that way. Well, hey, welcome to our last week three of our series, Reset, and uh, I don't know about you, but there's a beautiful thing about Jesus, our Savior, is he loves to meet us in the empty, broken places of our life. Uh, I think what's very interesting about that statement, though, is as humans, don't we want to run from those situations? It's almost like we want to cover up our emptiness and our brokenness, but Jesus is like, let me meet you right 
there, right there. So hey, if you got your Bible or your tablet, turn with me to the New Testament, to the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, as we wrap up our series together, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about John. John was... Uh, a disciple of Jesus. Jesus had those 12 guys he kind of did life with, right? They were a special, chosen, eclectic group of dudes. And they are, honestly, you would have never put them together. But Jesus is awesome and he's brilliant and he knows what he's doing. And he puts uh, fishermen to tax collectors to an Iscariot. Like, he put people who, uh, Matthew the tax collector, Pastor Brandon was talking about this last week, everyone hated. He took that person and put him with uh, basically uh, a nationalist assassin, Judas, and they would never get along. And then he took a bunch of fishermen who hated Matthew because Matthew the tax collector was like ripping them off all the time. And so Jesus takes that eclectic group of people and say, hey, follow me. We're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. In fact, John was part of that 12. But what's special about John is John was also in the inner circle. John was also like part of the, Jesus had like three. There was an inner circle of the 12 and Jesus or John got to be a part of that. Like John, actually many biblical scholars believe John was the youngest of all the disciples and Jesus had a very intimate relationship with John. It was like, hey little brother, you come and follow what I do. And uh, so John is a disciple of Jesus. He was there, eyewitness to all this. And he's writing this letter, and we're going to pick up in John chapter 7 a beautiful story that talks about how awesome Jesus is and how he loves to meet us in our dry and broken places. He loves to meet us there. Many of us, I think we're going to get it because we are there spiritually, maybe emotionally, maybe physically. Right now, we're dry, we're broken. The flame went out about six months ago, and you're sitting here this morning. Come on, give it to me. I need it this morning. John chapter 7, verse 37 begins this way. On the last and greatest day of the festival, now we're going to take a time out. John is giving us a ton of information already. And biblical nerds like myself always are asking the question, what is the last and greatest day? Why did John say that? There is reason and intention to the biblical writers. John is telling us something. So what do we know about the festival? We know there's a festival going on. We knew it from a couple verses above 37. But John is saying, hey, this is the last and greatest day of the festival. Now, Pretend we're all in California right now, all right? Nice weather. We're in Southern California because we're away from the wildfires right now, okay? So we're in that nice part of Southern California and uh, let's say San Diego, California, and we're all on the beach together. We're having an awesome time. Like, it's good time, right? You're like, yes, Jesus still loves all of us because there is no snow here yet, all right? And so we're here in the midst of that, and uh, we're, we're enjoying each other's company. We're enjoying the beautiful, the ocean waves. Just, you can imagine it now, right? It's like, this is nice. And I've got you there, but what I want to do is we know there's life under the water. I want to take you under the water for a moment. We're going to go scuba diving to explore some other life that's there. That's what I'm going to do right now so you and I can fully understand and get what Jesus is going to stand and say in a loud voice. There's a reason why Jesus chose the last and greatest day to get up there with a loud voice and say something. So let me take you to the seasons of Israel. 
okay? Here in Michigan, we have four beautiful seasons. I think it's the greatest state that we live in. It's Michigan because we get to experience four beautiful seasons. Most of you, you only like three of them, right? Hey, snow's coming, okay? Get used to that word. It's inevitable. It's going to get cold and snowy. Yes, all right? I know, it's coming. But in Israel, there is only two seasons. That's it. From mid-October to mid-April, there's one season. And then mid-April to mid-October, there's another. Here are the two seasons in Israel. There's the rainy season. It's like the Pacific Northwest, constantly raining. And then right after the rainy season, you enter into the dry season, where there is not a drop of measurable rainfall. It all comes in these six months, and it never drops again for another six months. Understand the two seasons in Israel, because this is key. We're also told what festival they're in. They're in the festival known as Sukkot or Tabernacles, interchangeable there. Sukkot or Tabernacles. Now you ask the question, well, where's that? Now that I know the seasons, where is that? That is at the very end of the dry season. At the very end. When there is nothing left in Israel, it is dry, it is barren. And what you and I would do as residents of Israel is we would dig what is known in the ancient world as cisterns. Our modern day, it's a well in the ground to grab as much rain as possible in the rainy season so that way you and I and our families can survive the six months of the dry season. And our farms and animals can survive. Because we're not going to get a drop of rain for another six months. So you collect as much as you can in these six months. And here's what happens during the dry season. Let's say you're in eyes well. Man, we maxed it out. Like we were like, yes, God, you were good during this raining season. Because a ton of rain fell on the land. And look at all we got for the next six months. Well, the problem is you and I are going to use the water. And so over a course of a month, maybe it begins to dwindle, you know, we're starting to feed our, our we should always be feeding our kids, but we're watering our kids, we're, water, we're not watering them, they're not a plant, we're giving them water to drink. Um, <laughs> whew, back on track. Uh, you're lucky you're at home watching and not in the room, it's awkward. <laughs> All right. Um, so the water level just goes down and down throughout the months of the dry season because you're using it for farming, for yourself, for your animals. And by the time you get near the end of the dry season, your well pretty much looks like this. It's nasty. It honestly has bird droppings in there by now. It's got uh, animal droppings. It's got all backwash, this is your kid's backwash because they've been sneaking to the well and getting stuff, right? That's what it looks like now. It is disgusting. This is the part where you, you tell your kids go to the well first and tell them, I love you so much, you drink first and then I'll get to the next, right? This is, it's horrible. Now remember the timeline. This festival that Jesus is going to stand and say in a loud voice on the last and greatest day your wells or your cisterns look like this. And on the last and greatest day, one of the activities that the Israelites did is they would take palm branches and begin to rub them together and wave because it sounded like rain. And you were praying to God, God, send the rains so we have an incredible rainy season. 
So our cisterns can be full of water and we don't have to worry again during the dry season. Now, now that we understand my Bible nerdy stuff, now let's jump back into the story so we understand greater. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus knew exactly, you all are here to pray for the physical presence of rain to fall on the land of Israel. So your cisterns can be full of water in order for you to endure the dry season. But guess what? I know you're spiritually dry as well. And Jesus says, I'm here to not only meet you physically, I'm here to meet your spiritual needs as well. You're dry. So come to me. And I'm going to have rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is a brilliant teacher. He knew exactly when to tell people this, when everyone was physically thirsty. And then this, he says, by this, he meant the spirit whom those believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, the, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And you and I know eventually that would be at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit would come on those 11 people in that upper room and then they begin to do all these amazing, powerful things in the name of Jesus. But Jesus knew exactly what to say. I'm the source of the living water. And my spirit will hydrate your thirsty and dehydrated soul. Oh, is Jesus not brilliant? I think we, during this pandemic of six months that you and I have gone through, I don't, it could be longer than six months, I have no idea. I think we're coming out on the other side a little dehydrated. I was in Ludington, Michigan with a group of uh, six other lead pastors. I, I love this group of guys. I get to go on one to two trips a year with them. And uh, it, they've become uh, just uh, brothers to me in ministry. And, and I was with our regional superintendent, my boss, Chris Conrad. And we were, we were just talking. And we didn't want to get into too much personal, like what we're going through. Because guess what? We're all going through the same thing. And, but one of the things that we, we had discussed as lead pastors is, is this, I think the scary thing of what we were going through, and hopefully, Lord willing, will end soon, is I think here's what COVID did to the church. I think COVID exposed followers of Jesus. Because when things got tough, who did you become? Did the flesh win or did the spirit win? Did you look like Jesus or did you not? And maybe perhaps when you're in the valley, which we, again, we're all on the same page here. We were in the valley. We had no idea what life was doing and what it looked like. But my question to you, when you were in the valley, did your soul get dehydrated? And you lost the passion. And what I know about all this is this, is that all passion is gone until the person arrives. And that person is Jesus. We cannot get away from who Jesus is. He is everything to us. 
We will turn to the world to try to satisfy our dehydrated soul, but it will never satisfy you. You've got to go all in with Jesus. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he says, don't worry, I'll take it all on. That brokenness, that thing that you're struggling with, you don't have to clean up to come to me. Come to me. Let's get into a relationship and I'm going to chisel those things out of your life. Why? So then you can look like me to the world. You can look like me. Praise team, begin to make your way up, please. I love in the Older Testament, you've got a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah actually writes about this. And I think what Jeremiah wrote thousands of years ago applies to you and I today. Jeremiah chapter 2. This is what Jeremiah says. He says, well, he was going to say something. Did this just turn off on me? It did. Thank you, tech team. Awkward. It's on? No, it won't. You watch this. It's going to have to choose an input channel. So we're, we're going to forget this for a minute. Thank you. You got to love technology and you hate it at the same time. Here's what Jeremiah, you guys have it on your screens. Here's what Jeremiah says. My people, meaning the nation of Israel, you've committed two sins. Two sins. Here's the first sin. Number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of what, friends? Living water. The same exact words Jesus used. That the living water is going to flow out from you. You have forsaken me. And the other sin You've dug your own cistern, broken cisterns that can't hold water. You're trying to do it all alone. In fact, for many of us, this is honestly, you may feel this this morning. It's an empty, broken cistern. That's where you are spiritually right now. And this morning, Jesus is coming along and saying, I don't want to leave you there. I want this for you. Let me come. Let me come and hydrate your soul again. And what do we know as we wrap up this whole reset series? Is Jesus is exactly what we need. We've talked about resetting and coming out of COVID, and we're still in the midst of it, I realize, but we're out of the quarantine and a lot of that isolation stuff. But the idea of this whole entire series of reset, I always had pictured this. And we looked at resetting our, our attitude and posture in worship. We looked at resetting our idea of community, and we looked at Set the passion and being on fire for him. If there's one word to describe this entire series, it's surrender. It felt like we got punched. But it's in this moment. Just have a posture of surrender and says, God, do what you got to do. 
I'm dry. I'm broken. And if I'm honest, that flame isn't even going anymore. And God, I need you. I need you. So the team's going to lead us into a song. The song's called I Surrender. And what I'm going to do in this moment is I'm going to invite our prayer partners. Can you come down into the corners at this time? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, and I want us to worship together. But asking God, what is it that I have to surrender? I'm all yours, God. Use me. Ignite that fire back inside of me. Because I'm empty, I'm broken, I'm a dried up cistern, I'm a dried up well right now. And I know you paid a heavy price on the cross for me to live a life full of abundance. But God, I'm not feeling that right now. But he's here to meet you, to do exactly what your deepest soul is longing for, to be filled again. So our prayer partners are down front. Pastor Brandon, will you come and you stand on those stairs? Our altar's open. If you want to come and just kneel into a posture of surrender, you can do it from where you're seated. Or where you're seated. Let's get that fire back inside of us, friends. So I want to pray for us. I'm going to ask, actually, why don't we stand right now and I'm going to pray for us into this song. I'm going to pray that God would meet us right where we need him to meet us in this moment. That you and I would be open to what God wants to do right now in this moment. So Heavenly Father, would you pour out your spirit? Would you softly and gently just begin to tug on our heart as we take a posture of surrender? God, may we reset that passion and fire that is deep down inside of us. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you that you're a God that will meet us in the dry and broken places of our soul. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to use the altar, it's here. If you need prayer, please use them during this time. Heavenly Father, may we truly have that posture of surrender. Father, we know nothing will ever change unless we go all in, unless we surrender everything to you. And if we're going to see that passion that renewal happen again in our hearts. We're going to have to surrender and go all in again, God. God, would you forgive us that maybe perhaps in the last six months or so, we got away from you. Maybe even at times we actually turned our back and to be honest, we were led by the flesh and not the spirit. 
So Father, we just need to take a moment say we're sorry. Father, would you use this as an awakening? You didn't die just so, you, so we can play life safe. You died so we can play it dangerously for your kingdom. Because the reality is there are people dying and going to hell who don't know you. And we want to depopulate hell and populate heaven. And now that people can experience a glimpse of heaven here on earth right now. May we never lose that passion. May we never lose that fire. Not only for you, but for those who are far from Jesus, your son. Father, you are so good when we don't deserve your love and we don't deserve your grace and we don't deserve your mercy, you are still so, so good to us. And we just pray as we wrap up this series, Reset, God, will you do amazing things in our heart and in our soul? May we look like your son, Jesus, to our friends and to our family, May we look like Jesus to our neighbors. May we look like Jesus to coworkers. And may we look like Jesus to our students. Oh God, will you set our hearts on fire for you? God, you are so good. You're amazing. Even looking at your broken children, you still look down with a smile on your face and say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And God, we are so thankful for that. And it's in the matchless, mighty, and holy name we pray in Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 I want to read from, to you John chapter 7 out of the Passion Translation. What you and I just read on the screens before the one screen decided to take a poop on me. Um, all you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being. I think we want that, friends. I think we want that a Holy Spirit will be bursting out. I love that language. Bursting out from within you. Oh, man. And you know what I'm very thankful for this morning? I'm thankful for no matter how many times I screw up, God's forgiveness is right there when I ask for it. I love that. And we're going to close with this song, Holy Water. This idea that God's forgiveness is like sweet, sweet, what friends? Honey to my lips. Oh, yes. Let's worship with reckless abandonment as it's like holy water to our skin. So let's worship, church.